1: how you doing there everybody welcome to another edition of grinders live that i wasn't aware of until i woke up this morning but i've been researching pound and coffee all day long so i am ready to roll here we got a lot of basketball apparently one game's already in the works and FanDuel had Yeah, sl- sl- slates are just weird all over the place but we're going to be bringing you research for every single game on the slate i'm joined by the
2: great squirrel patrol my good friend here how you doing there Good. Yeah, we were just saying it's been a year since we hung out in person it was in San Diego for the uh, for the FanDuel Baseball Final. Yeah, it's always fun with this industry, like just meeting people at live finals
1: and then, yeah, yeah, you know what, we're friends afterwards. Yeah, At least I consider you a friend. I don't know how you feel about me. I don't want to know. I don't want to <laughs> lower my self-confidence. But I'm assuming we're good friends since I was a plus one. So Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, we got a fun little slate on the board today. Uh, What are your initial thoughts on it? And guys, yeah, I know the FanDuel is already locked, but we're going to move mostly to DraftKings. We will go over late swap questions. We can go through everything here. But it's just the day and age we live in with the bubble life. But what are your quick thoughts
2: on the slate, John, before we dive right in? So first big thought is just that I think – a lot of the slates dependent on one key injury. we got to see if Malcolm Brogdon's playing because they're playing. The Wizards, uh, Wizards, are terrible defensively. Uh, Oladipo is is doubtful, so I think he's very unlikely to play. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, the, the Pacers could score a lot of points, but we don't know who's going to be playing for them. So that, that Brogdon injury is going to be the key to the whole slate, I think.
1: Yeah, yeah, it probably is. I mean, luckily that game, I believe, is the first game that's on the slate. Um, wait, wait. Rogden will play. Wow, that didn't last long. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> I had a whole Aaron Holiday bit that's yeah, just out the window now. <laughs> yeah, well, luckily we got it now beforehand. So now we can just give some nice expert advice here. Guys, if you haven't signed up for Roto-Grinders Premium, you're missing out. We're going to be showcasing some of tools, specifically Lineup HQ. You got everything you need here. Percent ownership, projections, minute projections, pricing. You can build. You can do whatever you want with lineup HQ so guys go ahead sign up for RBG premium especially if you like what you see today but let's get started here start off with the point guard position so we have Conley projected as the top owned guy followed shortly by Brogdon obviously we went a little bit through Indiana's situation right now they're missing a few guys they're big usage monsters so Brogdon being in there going up against the best possible matchup on the board pretty much for the entire year long it's going to come in pretty chalky we got SGA a little bit too underpriced on this slate here at 6k going up against Denver definitely offering some upside we got Mitchell we got Morant, who I thought should be probably the top owned guy but looks like it's a little bit different right now who are you targeting who are you fading who is just too heavily owned on this little five-game slate here?
2: So I think Malcolm Brogdon suddenly becomes very attractive as a play because he's going to be – he's playing regular minutes. Um, he's drastically underpriced to be facing the, the Wizards defense. Uh, plus, I think the injury news could could keep ownership down a little bit. He's probably got the the Q tag next to his name across sites. Uh, his ownership is definitely going to be down on, on Fandle, right? Like people probably don't even realize that's late swap now. Uh, so if you did do FanDuel lineups, you might want to consider putting Malcolm Brogdon in there. But again, check check to see. We know the starting lineup, but there's maybe some commentary from the coach to follow regarding how many minutes he's going to be playing. Um, so check that out. Uh, John Morant, I love that game. Uh, Justin, you know, it's got the highest point total of the day. So I think Morant is definitely in play. And then SBA, they knocked his price down to be playing Denver, generally a, little, a slower-paced team. But now Dennis Schroeder is out. So, uh, so, yeah, so I guess Alexander could be seeing some more usage, maybe some more minutes. Yeah, I mean, well, Plus, Schroeder's out, but uh, and then we just
1: got that like five minutes before the start of the show. Uh, but Schroeder's out. And also, yeah, Denver, like they're missing a lot of guards that are generally the better defenders here. So, SGA, well, Denver's a tougher matchup for guards, current lineup, not nearly as tough. Uh, so I'm kind of right there with you. I think SGA is drastically underpriced right now. But to me –
2: it. sorry, go on. Oh, sorry, I'll just throw one more in there. I just noticed the green dot. Ish uh, Smith is starting tonight – or today at 4 p.m., I believe. So. Yeah, uh, we just got that news slightly
1: before lo- – <laughs> we're getting a lot of news, just the way that the bubble works right now. But, like, of these guys, you said – it kind of sounds like Brogdon's your favorite. Like, I just really like Moran. Look at the first two games – Close to 38 minutes average, 48 points in each game. Like the usage is going to be there. The matchup's absolutely fantastic. I know the ball is a decent on-ball per defender, and so is Drew Holiday. But he's 7.3K, so that's 1K over Brogdon. We don't really know what's going to go on with Brogdon. SGA has a worse matchup and is a bit cheaper. But Morant, he's playing all the minutes. like Memphis needs to win. They need to get in there. Like all these other teams really doesn't matter too much. Indiana, OKC, Utah all these teams don't have a ton to play for. They have a little bit to play for, but home field advantage is no longer a thing in the bubble because everyone's playing in the exact same area where that would have been a big benefit. The one thing they're trying not to do is get the seventh seed because they don't want to play the Clippers in the first round. So even that though, I think Denver still has a chance or someone still has a chance to get up into the third seed. So the Clippers may end up as the third seed and some other team will end up as the second seed. So like, in, or need is a big thing right now in the bubble here. Like, am I crazy for having Morant as my top option, especially seeing that he's not projected to be the top owned guy on the slate?
2: No, you can you can absolutely sell me on John Morant. Uh, you can see my my little blue dot for the conviction play in lineup HQ. Yeah, it was him and, and Drew Holiday that I that I wrote up just because that that game's got the highest point, point total on the night. You've got two teams that play a little fast. And I think with this bubble, you know, teams do have different motivations. And I think, you know, Memphis in particular wants to to see what John Moran can do. And he was limited before, you know, before the NBA shut down. He's been playing a little bit lower minutes. And now they seem to be unleashing him, playing, you know, 38, 40 minutes a night. Yeah, yeah. Well, they got to get into that eighth
1: seed. San Antonio is making a huge push for it. Everyone's just all over the place here And this is not shaking out how I thought it was because I have New Orleans making the eighth seed. So we'll see how that ends up happening. But let's go down to some of the lower price guys. It looks like we still haven't got an update. Holiday's not going to be 27% on, I would assume. I could be wrong, but I would assume that he's probably not going to be. I'm kind of off him, but we got Murray sitting here at 25%. Murray, obviously a guy that can absolutely crush on easily. First game against Sacramento, only played 21 minutes. Last game, 33 and a half minutes, got 44 points. San Antonio is now making a big push for the number eight seed here or the number nine seed, either one trying to make it into the playoffs. So we got Murray sitting here at just 6.2K, I believe. Yeah, 6.2K. Tough matchup going up against Philly. Obviously, they're a tough defensive matchup. White has been up and down. He's been playing minutes. We don't really know what having, Huh? I hear something. I didn't hear something. Uh, but th- Murray, you froze
2: for a second,
1: and I thought I was out. I thought I was out of the <laughs> out of the show. <laughs> well, <laughs> I can still hear you. Uh, Murray sitting there at six point two k,
2: slightly less ownership than guys up the top. You have any interest in Murray today? I do, uh, and part of the reason is that San Antonio's got a couple guards that I think are out. Of, uh, Brent Forbes, I think, and maybe Bellinelli are, are out. So. And they specifically said San Antonio has been talking about how they, they want to see the younger guys playing more. Um, and, you know, Marcus Aldridge is out, so it kind of fix up the whole usage of the team. So, yeah, and, you know, I think DeJounte Murray fits into that mold of one of the younger guys. They want to see what they have. I'm seeing a weird Pacers lineup, and I'm not sure it's it's right. It's out on Twitter. But it looks like both holidays are starting with Malcolm Brogdon. That, that means, like, T.J. Warren's out. So I don't know uh, –
1: I'm wondering if they're just trying to get some more usage off the bench bench here. I don't know. We'll wait until we get firm uh, confirmation on who's starting. So we'll get to that when we probably get to TJ Warren here, but let's look down at some of these lower owned guys that I think are very much in play. Uh, So Lonzo ball, we saw what he was doing prior to the lockout or the quarantine, whatever you want to call it. Like he was playing a lot of minutes and he was doing very well. First two games, Really hasn't done anything. 18 points, 24 points. He's sitting there at 8K, only projected at 7% ownership. I think that he's a guy that could potentially be in for more minutes here. They're still trying to figure stuff out. Zion's probably in a little bit better shape right now. They have to start winning, and Lonzo Ball is definitely going to be a guy that's going to be involved. And then Drew Holiday there sitting at 8.7K. Another guy. Hasn't looked great, but no one for New Orleans has really looked that good just so far. But putting up big numbers prior to quarantine starting – 65 points, 61 points in two of the four games before he started here. And then Chris Paul, like he's gotten some rest. He's, his body's probably pretty old, but 40 points in 27 minutes. Last game before that, 37 minutes, 48 points. He's a guy not going to come in at heavy ownership and it could put up a big game. And then we already talked about a little bit. Ish Smith starting now going up against Indy, like in this lower owned range, who are you looking at? Who's your favorite play here to go a little bit off the board for tournaments?
2: Oh, uh, let's see. I mean it depends how low we're talking, but you know, Derek White is tempting. There's a lot of the same same stuff we talked about with uh DeJounte but you know, the same situation where they're missing a couple of guards in, in Bryn Forbes and Marco Bellinelli. Uh, you know, it's not a super appealing matchup against Philadelphia, like Ben Simmons uh you know is pretty good defensive player sometimes gets smashed up on the on the guards um but so that but that could affect his ownership as well i, I mean i do i just i like that memphis new orleans game um so it's going to be tough for me to move away from from the guards in, in that game i mean you know drew holiday Lonzo ball john marines and so it doesn't really fit in with the lower price guys but i don't know um you know i, I don't know what lower price guys maybe monte morris uh, assuming Jamal Murray's out, but it's five five thousand is kind of a, a pricey <laughs> pricey point for
1: him. Yeah, yeah, you're a you're a big tournament guy. You're a fantastic tournament player, one of the best in the industry. Like, what's your favorite way to probably stack up this game? Like New Orleans versus Memphis. I think there's a lot of good plays. There's a lot of guys that I really like here. Like, how are you planning on kind of approaching it? What guys are you gonna like, because obviously people have negative correlations. What's your favorite way to kind of stack it up? Like, what are your big uh,
2: correlation plays that you want in this game? So I think you could take like Drew Holiday and, and John Morant, uh, but then you can kind of kind of scroll through the guy, guys on New Orleans because maybe it's maybe it's Alonzo Ball Day, right? Uh, so if I go with Ball, I'm probably not going with Drew. And Then uh, Drew and, and Brandon Ingram kind of impact each other. You know, a lot of times one's going to have a high scoring game and the others not. Uh, So, you know, you can sell me on John Morant and and Brandon Ingram as well.
1: Yeah. So, like, if you haven't used RG's lineup HQ tool, it's really simple. You can create player groups. So, look at me. I throw in here uh, Drew and I throw in Lonzo. We throw them both in, set here, zero to one. Or you can just do straight up, I want one of these guys in every single line. I think one of them is going to go off. So, you can set that. You can set the group exposure at 100%. You can do whatever you need to to kind of make sure that, okay, I'm not just getting stuck with the same guys together in every single lineup here. I want to have one or the other. It really helps with negative correlation plays that you probably want to stay away from. But anyone else that I missed here, shake Melton, like Napier, any of the guys Mm -hmm. down here near the bottom, they're just not going to draw a lot of ownership. I know that Denver guard situation, a little bit interesting, especially if Jamal Murray doesn't end up playing. Um just because they don't have a lot of guys. Like I know some people will probably be on Morris a little bit. Like any of these
2: guys down here at the bottom that we didn't talk about that you want to talk about? So Patty Mills again falls into that that Spurs guard situation where there there's more minutes to go around. But I know Mills was sitting as well. I think Mills sat one or two games ago. Um so definitely not safe, but maybe kind of one in out of one fifty type play. Uh Ryan Brand seemed to get some minutes yesterday, and, and the Wizards are on a back-to-back. And again, so they're kind of a one in 150 situation. Um, yeah, 15 minutes, but I mean, it's close to minimum price, so you can maybe take a flyer if you, if you don't like Ish Smith and Shabazz and Nate here. Yeah, yeah,
1: I like those calls. Let's move on over to shooting guard here. Look up the top. Justin Holiday projected to be the top-owned shooting guard on the entire slate. I don't know if that's been – updated yet. I don't know if that's going to be the case. He is still cheap. Brogdon might be limited in minutes. I would assume he's going to be limited in minutes. But I don't know. Our ownership projections will probably be updated fairly soon, I would assume. But lots of things going on in the last 30 minutes where he has to go. SGA we already talked about. Donovan Mitchell we already talked about a little bit. A lot of these guys are the same, but top guy that we haven't talked about yet are, is probably Josh Richardson. Going to be close to around 30 minutes. Going up against San Antonio. It's a good matchup here. Him, Lonnie Walker, another guy, Troy Brown, who went absolutely off the last game, doesn't have the best matchup in the world going up against Indy, but not terrible. J.J. Redick is only 3.7K. Like, that seems way too cheap for me. And then another guy in Dylan Brooks, who let's look at his shooting numbers here. You have any idea how bad they've been
2: since, like, mid-February? Yeah, but he's he's in that game, right? He's in that Memphis New Orleans game. So maybe he's a guy you want to take if you're sacking that game. Um, because I, I do I think that that point total is two thirty six and that's uh what that's like eight points higher than the next highest game, which is Washington and Indiana. And Washington is terrible defensively. Um, you know, so yeah, this game could really go back and forth. And especially when you got you get these guard oriented teams with the high pace and high point total. I mean you know that it could go way over two thirty six, it goes over two thirty six, especially yeah. in kind of the bubble situations. Like sometimes these games are getting kind of a uh, summer league feel, <laughs> you know, and where they're just going running up and down the court. Um, yeah, not not I as mean, much defense as the regular season. Yeah, they're out of practice. Some people just really don't care. I mean, with
1: seven teams in the West, know they're going to make it. The uh, East is pretty much set. Like, mm-hmm. there's not a whole they're, – they're just trying to figure stuff out right now. Like, they're just trying to make sure they're healthy, figure stuff out. There's no need to pay huge amounts of defense because you're already locked into the playoffs and seeding really doesn't matter as much anymore. Like, difference between the four and five seed is generally not drastic, but it's something because of home field yeah. advantage. Home difference fourth, between yeah. the fourth and fifth seed is just nothing right now. It is absolutely right. nothing. <laughs> Like, But back to Dylan Brooks, I really like him on the slate. Only 2% projected ownership here. You look at his shot total attempts, 20, 16, so far in the bubble. Prior to that, like, they put him a little bit more on a leash, but 16, 15, 13, 11, 17, 24, 22, 26, in a high-paced game like this. Last time he was in a high-paced game like this was going up against Houston. He had 26-shot attempts. He didn't shoot well at all, and he's still like popping up threes constantly. He's a guy that if he actually gets it going, I don't know if he has the ifs. I don't know what it is, but he's a guy that I love playing, and he has 50-point upside. Like he's a guy that's 5.1K, has 50-point upside, and is going to come in at lower ownership. I don't think he's going to do well in this matchup, but it's a sliding scale. Any number of different things can happen. Any number of different shots can go in. And so if he shoots a 50% from the field, plus night. He's going for a lot of points because he's going to play all the mints he possibly can as long as he doesn't foul out. And he's got a fantastic matchup here. So Dylan Brooks is a guy that I really like. Uh, what are your thoughts on JJ Reddick and Troy Brown? I know I mentioned him earlier, but we didn't really fully go through him. Like Troy Brown, again, not a great matchup here, but have 50 points in the last outings. Could play a whole lot of mints, even though it's a back-to-back. He's still a young guy trying to have a future here. Like, Lonnie Walker, those three, Josh Richardson, those four guys. Like, rank them if you can, or tell me if you're just falling,
2: fading any of them. So I think Troy Brown is probably the guy I'm most interested in. Uh, you know, he's really the guy. He's really the guy for the Wizards right now. He's the playmaker, uh, and they're they're switching up the starting point guard, so we could do it like a court IQ thing and see how does Brown play with paired with Ish Smith compared to Shabazz Napier because now. Now the pairing is going to be Ish and, and Troy Brown, whereas before Ish was coming off the bench. Uh, but, I mean, that's the second highest scoring game on the night. Uh, and and I think the Wizards offense is going to be going primarily through, through Troy Brown. He's a really young guy. He, I think he's he's young for his year entering into the NBA. He's a second-year player. but He was really young when he was drafted. Um, and, you know, so he was their, I think, lottery pick or first-round pick last year. And I think he's a guy with Bradley Beal that the Wizards want to showcase and, and see what they have in Troy Brown. Uh, with the four guys we were talking about, it was Troy Brown. Uh, I don't even remember the other. Uh, Josh Richardson. Uh, Troy Brown's the one that I, I like more than than any of the other three guys. Yeah,
1: we're run, running court IQ, it looks like Troy Brown has a decent negative correlation with Ish Smith this season, 794 minutes. Uh, he is down but obviously there's been so many changes throughout the entire Washington lineup here there's a lot more things that we have to do so with Ish Smith on we probably have to throw Bradley Beal off guys if you haven't tried out court IQ go try it it's fantastic i love it it's one of the best tools in the entire industry here go give it a try we got a big sample size with Ish Smith on the floor with Troy Brown but we take off Bradley Beal and it drops down in half still i believe a bit of a negative correlation here um no See differences; it goes from minus one point five to plus one point nine. This is per thirty-six minute basis, so still a little bit of a positive correlation there. But there is so many different things he has to score now with Bradley Beal off the floor. So Troy Brown, right there with you. Uh, anyone else that I am missing here that we probably should
2: talk about? Or you ready to move on to the small forward position? Just yeah, uh, you know, Jordan Clarkson's kind of been chronically underpriced because he hasn't been doing well right like he was underpriced coming into the to the restart and then he's had bad games since then so they haven't really I guess his first game was pretty good but they didn't really raise the price uh and with Bogdanovich out for Utah I think he's he's a guy that's going to be seeing clearly more time and, and more shots yep Clarkson when he's in the game he he likes to
1: he likes to shoot he likes to hog the ball he he's a usage guy but Let's move on here to small forward here. Up at the top, we have Justin Holiday. Again, I don't know if that's going to be entirely accurate. With the Brogdon news, I don't think that he's going to come in at 38%. Like either the holidays, like you said, you're not using him now with Brogdon back in. Like,
2: do you I think would consider So, yeah, they, it looks like the starting lineup is is Brogdon, both holidays, Warren, and, and Miles Turner. And so, because the Depot's out, so that that does keep the holidays in play. Uh, because they're both starring, so I, I like Justin Holiday a little bit more on DraftKings, less on Fanduel. Because on Fanduel, uh, small forward, you know, if you take Justin Holiday as kind of a punt play, then you're giving up either you know Troy Brown or LeBron or, or T.J. Warren. Um, but I, I do it. I mean, they're really attractively priced on, on DraftKings, you know, especially given the fact that they're both starting now, both both Aaron Holiday and Justin Holiday. Yeah, I think for me, like small forwards, one of the
1: Places where I really have a lot of decisions to make. We got Justin Holiday still projected for high ownership, but he's just so cheap. Like, I'm not going to be surprised if he ends up in a decent amount of my lineups here. We got Gallo here at 5.6K going up against Denver. As I've already said, like, they have a lot of guys out. It's not quite the same team defensively that we've seen before. Gallo probably going to be in for mid-30 minutes here. So he's a guy that's definitely in play, but I don't know if I want to eat 20 percent ownership on him. I'd rather go with other guys.
2: We went over Vince.
1: Sorry,
2: Sorry, just, uh, just to – Right, but in, I I, I know I think Schroeder and Gallinari have a uh, have a negative correlation. So with with Schroeder out, I, that seems to help Gallinari actually. I did, I remember yeah. that from earlier earlier in the season because everyone always thinks it's like Chris Paul, but it, like Gallinari gets the biggest boost at one point this season. Like when I ran the court IQ, Gallinari was getting the biggest boost when Schroeder was out. Yeah, someone's at my door.
1: That's an annoying doorbell. Um, but yeah, right there with you. Ben Simmons sitting there at 9.1K. We didn't go over him too much at point guard, but he is a guy that can absolutely go off. He's going up against San Antonio. Like, they don't have a whole lot on the inside right now. Like, they're a little bit of a different team than they have been, but they've always – like, for the last few years, they've definitely been a bad team in terms of shooting the ball. So Or in terms of defense, I'm super distracted. Who's at my door? Um, but Ben Simmons sitting at 9.1K, like,
2: are you going to be using him just because of his huge amount of upside? I think so. And you can see the, the difference in in ownership percentage there between FanDuel and DraftKings. I feel like he's more attractively priced on FanDuel, which leads to a higher ownership percentage. But in tournaments, he can get that double-double that double bonus and a, a triple-double bonus because he's one of those guys that can really get points, assists, and rebounds. And so he's a great tournament play because he's he's going to be a little bit lower owned because the price isn't as good. But, yeah, I mean, if he has a great game, it can be a monster game because of those bonuses. Sorry, I was muted there. Yeah. Um, but the interesting guys, I
1: think, are going to – you in the silence. Yeah, <laughs> uh, no, just – I don't know what's going on here. Um, the interesting guys are at the lower price po- – or at the lower ownership points, in my opinion. Like, Warren has a massive, massive price up boost. He's sitting there at 7.4K – Like, that's a lot more than we're used to paying for. I mean, obviously went off 50 real-life points the other day going up against Philly. Draws a great matchup versus Washington. There's going to be more usage to go around here. Even with Brogdon back, there's still a lot to go around. Then we've got guys like Kuzma, who's been a fine play. Like, I believe you have him tagged there, or Will does. I'm not sure. But a guy that can definitely get you there. Rosen didn't play great in the last game, but he's a guy that can eat up a ton of the – usage without LMA in the offense. Not a great matchup, but still a guy that can go up for 50-plus in any matchup here. And then we got guys like Ingram, who haven't played fantastic so far. Two games, averaging about 25 points per game. Like This is still a spot going up against Memphis. We talked about highest point total on the board. Still a guy that can do stuff. And then Michael Porter Jr. has looked incredible at times so far. He has not looked that great. Only 18 points in the last matchup. There, he still could be in for a decent amount of you or a decent amount of minutes here, going up against OKC just because of all the injuries they have. Like we're not sure what they're going to do with the rotation coming in at eight percent ownership, just because people assume that he's going to be what he was the other night. Do you have interest in Michael Porter Jr.? Would you rather play
2: Kuzma? Like, who are you looking at at this lower ownership range? I probably lean towards Michael Porter Jr assuming he's in the starting lineup but it's true he looked terrible. I didn't see the game but just statistically when I mean, he was supposed to be you know have a monster game and he was he was like 80% owned in some contests and he, he just put up a total dud. I think he did have 5 fouls So I, I wonder if the foul trouble played into it uh but yeah I mean he's a guy he's got so much potential. He looked so fantastic earlier this season when he got minutes that it, it's so tempting to go back to him and I I probably He'd probably be my preference, assuming he's in the starting lineup, because I think Will Barton's out, Gary Harris is out. We're probably going to see Jamal Murray out. Uh, so there's opportunity there, but I don't know why he didn't do anything with the last game. Yeah, yeah, I don't know why either. It
1: just doesn't make sense to me, but that's basketball. Sometimes, especially young players, like sometimes they can just get in their own head, like volatility when you're at that age. In your game can be pretty drastic for some people who just don't have that ability to just tune other things out. Um, But anything else I miss here, like Tobias Harris, if you want to swap over on FanDuel to him, like he's way cheaper over there. But 8.6K, even up against the Spurs, is not really a price tag where I'm seeing a ton of upside. we got the Spurs guys like Rudy Gay, Johnson. Both of them, I think, are in play. Probably not guys that I'm going to go with because I have a lot more options to small forward. So,
2: anyone else that missed here? You're ready to move on to power forward? Maybe Deion Waiters. Uh, I know he played played a pretty good amount, yeah, in both games. So he's looking at about twenty minutes a night. At thirty two hundred, I think that's valuable, um, especially because Lakers game you know could always blow out, and you could see LeBron sitting a little bit. And Waiters is one of those guys that has no conscience. Uh, so you know, if he if those minutes creep up a little bit, you know, twenty four because he's seeing a little bit extra run at the end of the fourth quarter then yeah i mean you could be putting up a good good score you have know, like 25 draftkings points yeah a- averaging over a point per minute so far during during this
1: bubble these bubble games but obviously small sample size but he he's going to shoot he's absolutely going to shoot that's just what he does so i like that call there let's move on to power forward here clark sitting at 4.2k 34 minutes in the first game 24 minutes in the last game like i know he's going to be heavily owned especially over on fanduel but like, we just take it, right? In this matchup with the mens he's getting coming off of it, like, we absolutely take it,
2: right? Yeah, I mean, and he's one of those guys who can get up and down the floor, which is what we want in one of these games that has a really high point total. Like, we're not looking to target you the big Lumber and center on either team. You know, so I don't know if, like, Derek Avery is the guy that I'm going to be hitting up from that game. It's going to be more like somebody like Brandon Clark that can be running up and down the court and can be getting some blocks and steals as well especially on with where there's three points apiece. Yeah. Another guy I want to talk about who's played fairly well.
1: He's shooting the ball a decent amount here, but he is not rebounding. We always know Triple J, tons of talent, can score all the time. Like, but he's only got six rebounds so far in two games playing, what, an average of almost 40 minutes per game. Like, I don't know if that's going to fully continue here. Like, Triple J – probably one of the higher uh, owned guys on the entire slate at the forward position. It's a great matchup though. And he has huge upside. Are you using?
2: Yeah. And you can see, I mean, he's, he's hanging out by the three point line, right? Like 15 attempts. (laughs) I mean, yeah, that's why he's not getting rebounds. He's very far away from the ball when someone else is shooting. Um, But he is, yeah. I mean, he's put up a couple of monster games. So, and he's, he's getting the usage. I mean, he's, he's taking the shots. So Yeah. He's, he's going to be popular, but, yeah, you know, yeah, if that game really gets up to 240 points or whatever, you know, it is, I mean, it's a 236 and a half, but I mean, if it shoots over by a few points then yeah, you're going to want some guys from that game. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm full on agree. We both, we both want Memphis
1: and we both want new Orleans players. And let's be honest, I'm pretty much in for almost every single one of them. there out on the floor there. There's what, seven guys, eight guys from that game that I'm considering playing and will play. So I'm right there with you. Most of these other guys we've already talked about a little bit. I'm guessing Zion, you have no interest. We don't know how many minutes he's actually going to play.
2: Yeah, I mean, the minutes could be limited. Uh, And then, I mean, he is – he's not necessarily a guy that I'm thinking of as sprinting up and down the court. I mean, maybe, but I I guess he did it in some of his limited minutes games earlier this season. Uh, But, yeah, unless we get word that he's really going to be unleashed, I'm probably going to skip over him.
1: Yeah, what about any of these other guys like power forward? I'm mostly sticking to the same guys up here at top, but like go ahead and talk to me like Davis, LeBron, how much are you playing either of them in
2: this slate? I think they're always in play because they're always going to be among the higher raw point total guys, right? So Mm -hmm. on a night when we have a ton of value, like it does become easier to fit in guys like Anthony Davis and LeBron. I'll say I'm, I'm a little bit more interested in the guy that's, Sandwiching between them, price wise, and Joel and Bead, we'll get there. Yeah, we'll, we'll get to center soon. There's a lot to talk about. There's a reason why I've been rushing through every other position. Yeah. So, but I think, you know, I'm going to have some exposure to to Anthony Davis and LeBron in, in tournaments. Just that that matchup uh, against Utah, yeah, is not is not an appealing not an appealing matchup just because Utah tends to be a little bit more stout defensively, especially in the middle with. With Rudy Gobert, you know, deep former defensive player of the year. It's tough because you see at Utah too, and you think, you know, that's a good home court advantage for Utah, but that's not really the case right now that they're in Orlando. So there's no altitude or anything to worry about. Yeah, yeah. No, it's definitely
1: Denver and Utah are probably hurt biggest by the bubble just because their home court advantage is massive. But you know what? It is what it is. It's the world we live in right now. Let's move on to a very fun position on the night here, center. So Turner's probably going to be the chalk. Turner's probably going to be the chalk. I assume on both sides here. Looking at it, 36% ownership on DK, FanDuel. Why is he up zero percent? Am I missing something? That might just be a. He's on that slate, right? Yeah, he's on the slate. I don't know why.
2: <laughs> Yeah, that, that
1: that's not right. That's definitely not right here. Brogdon coming back is going to hurt his usage a little bit, so he's not as much of a great play as he was earlier. But still a guy that's probably going to be pretty chalky. And then Thomas Bryant has been just – he was so good the last game. We always know he's been a decent point-per-minute guy. We know he's a guy that can get into foul trouble here. But got a big price increase from uh, 4.8K to 6.3K. I think that's going to scare some guys off and so his ownership's not going to be just through the roof like it has been. Embiid obviously had a massive night going up against the Spurs, going to have Potl defending him. Like, it's a good matchup right now. So he's a guy that I think is absolutely in play. Joker, 9.4K, People are going to go more towards Embiid. I think I think the ownership differential between those two is going to be more than the 2% we currently have not pegged at. But Joker going up against OKC with a lot of the guys out, his usage is going to go up. He's going to shoot. I know they haven't played great. Last two games, but he can absolutely put up a seventy point nine at any given time. We got Gobert going up against the Lakers; not the best matchup in the world. We got Potal saying at five point one k could be in for thirty minutes if he doesn't get into foul trouble, and they're absolutely going to need his height here. Stephen Adams, a guy that's going to come in a very low ownership. Like let, let's just break these down one at a time. Miles Turner versus Thomas Bryant. Who you got?
2: Thomas Bryant. Uh, I mean, he's another young guy. That the Wizards are going to want to. Kind of showcase or see what they have in him. They signed him to a big contract. He was really injured uh, earlier in the season, but before the restart, so I think they they want to see him and you know they want to see can they put the offense through through Thomas Bryant like they want to see can they run a Troy Brown and Thomas Bryant offense. So yeah, my two my two blue dot guys are are Bryant and and Embiid there. Um, So yeah, I like Bryant especially as a tournament player over Miles Turner. Yeah, all right, let's move on down a little bit. Embiid or Joker. Um, and again, I don't know who's defending Embiid on San Antonio because they they don't have Trey Lyles. They don't have LaMarcus Aldridge. So, like, it's with like Jakob Hurdle or something. You know, like, he's not going to defend Joel Embiid. <laughs> I mean, he's he's going to be the matchup, but I don't see how he could possibly stop Joel Embiid. So my cons- only concern there would be, like, fouls and, and minutes um, if they decide to, to be resting Embiid a little bit because he's always, you know, a little bit of an injury concern. Yeah, I love Embiid from a raw points total uh, At the center position Yeah, yeah uh,
1: I, th- I was hoping ownership would be A little bit different Like, I was looking forward to playing Joker Because I thought he would be way less on the Embiid But the looks of it right now It kind of looks like they're similar Noto's got M- Joker tagged as a conviction play And you have Embiid So we'll see which one of you are right Moving on down here Steven Adams, Valanchunas like, are you using either of those guys? I think potentially Adams could be in a real good spot here. I know the Joker likes to be on the outside a little bit, and so I might hurt his rebounding numbers a little bit. But he was putting up some big games prior to quarantine starting. OKC seems to be playing really well right now. Val, a guy that if he gets the minutes, he can absolutely just destroy. Had 14 two games ago. Had 27 in the last game. Don't know exactly what's going to happen with this one, especially on the second end of the back-to-back, but just can absolutely smash on any slate. Going to come in at low ownership here. Like, are you using Adams
2: or Valentinus at all or just staying more at the top? I'll be using more Adams than Valentinus and I, I think I'll have some Adams. I'm I'm a little bit concerned about that matchup just from, for both Jokic and, and Steven Adams, but yeah, we don't know how it's going to play out. So it could play out that it, it hurts. Because like, Adams is good defensively, uh, but and Jokic, yeah, it likes to stay a little bit farther outside. So it could hurt Adams in terms of rebounding, and then it could hurt Jokic in terms of facing a good defender. Uh, but we don't, that's not necessarily the way it's always going to play out. Uh, and then uh, Valanchunas, I, I'm worried he's not going to see as many minutes just because I think this is going to be more of an up and down game. So he kind of fits into that mold of like the, with him and, and Derek Favors as the, the lumbering centers I'm not as interested in in this kind of game. Yeah. All right. Uh we got about 15 minutes left. Guys we will save the last
1: couple minutes for questions here. So don't get to that yet. But I'm gonna quickly look at your conviction plays, see exactly what it is you've talked about this entire uh show. Like you like Bryant, you like Embiid, you like Morant, you like Drew, you like Warren. Go gone through know exactly why that makes sense so let's just go over FanDuel again they already started their main slate but there are some late swap options let's see who your conviction plays are over there same exact guys like what are you looking at you obviously talked about Brogdon being a guy that you should swap off to just because like people some people don't know don't remember that they changed it to late swap for this right now like what are some things that you wanna keep in mind after this show when you're making
2: adjustments to your lineup? So, yeah, so the first thing I'm gonna do is I'm gonna check out any kind of commentary from the Pacers coach in terms of minutes, because Brogdon is coming back and you know, is it a was it an abundance of caution thing that he was sitting out earlier and now he's gonna be going full throttle, in which case I'm very interested in him against a poor defensive wizards team? Or is it, yeah, you know, we're really concerned about the injury, you know, but we're going to give them the start. Isn't going to have limited minutes, you know, 20 minutes, in which case I'm not going to be interested in them at all. I think the holidays are actually in play either way. And so it's all three holidays on on today's slate, right? You got Drew, Justin, and Aaron Holiday are all in play. I like Justin Holiday a little bit more on DraftKings and FanDuel because I don't I don't want to take both small forward spots, Um but yeah, I mean, I think all of the holidays are in place. So yeah, the first thing I'm going to do is check out what do I think the Pacers' minutes are going to be. And I like TJ Warren. Uh, he just seems to really go off whenever Ola is not in the lineup. Um, he had a monster game uh, last game. Especially if Malcolm Brogdon is limited, then it, you know you could see a lot of usage going through, through TJ Warren. Yeah. Yeah,
1: no, I could see that. Um, I'm trying to think of the other things to ask, like, most of your lineups are already pretty set. That, that was major news. Like what about ish Smith being the starting a lineup? I'm trying to remember everything. Like what about swapping on to, cause it started multiple hours ago, swapping on to some more. OKC guys. Like I know the SGA is not going to be that heavily owned. If I remember correctly. Yeah. Only coming in at 9% ownership because of his price tag over there on FanDuel. What about swapping hit onto him? Cause of the shrewder news swapping onto Chris Paul. Cause of the shrewder news. Like, any of those guys there that you're trying to get into your fan
2: lineups because people aren't just going to adjust? Yeah, definitely. I think that's that's definitely in play, right? Because Schroeder is out, so I'd definitely consider swapping on to SGA because that's still a pretty good price for him. You know, and he's a guy that gets a bunch of steals, so that's those are three points apiece. And then when those start when he starts scoring a lot of points and getting a lot of steals and he's getting those breakaways, suddenly he's putting up, you know, five points in a in a few seconds. Um, so he's a guy that I'm very interested in, in seeing if I could swap down to or swap up to on, on FanDuel Chris Paul as well, maybe, you know, and Gallinari is going to get a little bit of a boost, although, you know, I'm definitely going to be looking at my lineups and seeing is this Smith Smith suddenly in play because he's, he's moving into the starting lineup. So you'd, you'd assume he's going to get more minutes and he was already doing a lot with the minutes he was getting. So yeah, it's a, it's another swap i would be considering on FanDuel. Hey, uh guys, go ahead and drop those QQs in.
1: Um Cantor question mark. Cantor's not on the slate. Yeah, I don't I don't know what what they're asking. Uh we already talked about our thoughts on Adams. Go ahead and go over it again. Oh, uh, he meant to say Adams. Like, yeah, you said you're gonna be using Adams a little bit on the slate, right?
2: Yeah, I think so. I think probably uh more on DraftKings. Um he's got a pretty good price there. And he, you know you know they're gonna need him against Jokic. Um, you know, we talked about the concern with the the gameplay is that if Jokic is is a little bit more of distributor, or sitting a little more out by the three point line, that could be an issue with Adams' rebounds. But they're probably going to need him to play pretty good minutes in the, just defending against a true center team in Denver. Uh, so yeah, I'm I'm interested in him, and in, so this isn't going to be a, a super fast game, right? Oklahoma City and Denver, but that means that the guys I'm interested in, like I am and suddenly interested in, in the slower paced, you know, plotting centers like Steven Adams, just because he could be racking up rebounds. If you know, Jokic is playing inside. Yeah. Um, so I was asking about Clark. We both like him, correct? Yeah, absolutely. And he's this whole restart. I think some of the teams are going to be wanting to take a closer look at the young guys who are a little bit limited before the restart. Right. So like guys, like Roy Hachimura on the Wizards is another guy. We didn't mention, you know, power forward, the team's first-round pick, Brandon Clark, you know, team's first-round pick. They're both getting over some injuries when they started the season, but now it's almost like they're season and a half, right? Like they're not quite rookies. They're not quite second-year players. And I think Memphis, yeah, they want to see what they have in Brandon Clark. Can he play big minutes? I think he's still coming off the bench, but he might be getting good minutes off the bench, and you can put put up points in a hurry, especially in a faster paced game. Yeah,
1: I agree. Uh someone's asking Millsap chalk? He's not gonna be chalky.
2: Like I don't think so. Um I don't think he's gonna be chalky. I think like Michael Porter Jr. is probably gonna see higher ownership than than Millsap. Um but you know, then again, I think at last game, I think Millsap ended up having a much better game uh because Porter put up such a dud. Yeah. Uh holiday versus Reddick. A holiday. I don't even know what holiday you're talking about. I like all three holidays better than JJ Reddick. No um, offense to these friends. Yeah. So
1: someone asked how we know who has a negative correlation. Um, I know that the, what, do you know what the article's called? That I can't remember off the top of my head. Um, but we do have something that kind of goes over like each, goes down, breaks down each slate and goes through like who has negative correlations on what. So, oh, so there's slate
2: IQ, right? Uh, slate IQ looks at like the stacking, like what, what leverage are you getting off of different stack sizes, on you know, in, in similar slates to this. And then, uh, you know, court IQ, if I want to see like who plays well when someone's off the court, I look at the court IQ. So it, it, both IQ tools I think are actually excellent. Like the, the court IQ, just in terms of seeing lineup changes, uh, you know, who's going to play well, this guy now suddenly sitting... Or, you know, this guy starting who plays well when he's he's in the lineup. And then Slate IQ, uh, yeah, it gives you, like, Slate texture and and uh, some, you know, leverage off different stack sizes. Yeah, yeah. So, like, yeah, he, I just pulled it up. It's on the
1: screen, guys. Like, shows what the highest leverage spots are on each different slate for stacking. Like, and it goes by all the slates in the past for a long period of time like chalk rates, what they actually hit. So what leverage you can possibly get. So this one's for yesterday. I don't know if the one for today is out yet. I don't know if I just can't see it, but slide IQ is definitely something worth looking at on a regular basis. It can really give you a nice little edge. Um, let's see. Let's see.
2: Uh, how much do you like go bear? I, I think both of us were kind of like, no go on go It's tough. Cause there's so many good centers that uh, he kind of slips through the cracks. He- Honestly, he's just not on my radar. Especially on DraftKings, there's so many guys, right? Like Thomas Bryant, Miles Turner, Brandon Clark, Adams, Jokic that we're talking about, Embiid, you know. And then you've got the guys that are we kind of think of as power forwards, but you know, uh, Triple J, Anthony Davis. Uh, that I just don't know how I'm going to fit in. Rudy Gobert. Yeah, uh, favorite cash game uh,
1: forwards. I'd say it's probably Michael Porter Jr. and Clark. I think Clark is more of a
2: cash game guy. Yeah, and I I like Troy Brown. um, You know, because he's he's going to be he actually has the ball in his hands a lot for forward. Like they they kind of play with him a little bit more as a distributor. uh, The Wizards do rather than like just a typical small forward role. Uh, And then you know if you need salary savings, I think either of the holidays. I mean, my my reluctance a little bit with the holidays. Uh, even though they're they're low priced um, they neither one of them is like a usage monster right like they're not it's going to be probably TJ Warren and, and Malcolm Brogdon assuming Brogdon's not limited are, are going to be the guys that are taking the shots and have, have the ball in their hands but like either Holiday if you need to see if price is a guy I'm comfortable dropping down to Aaron Holiday or or Justin Holiday because I do the Wizards are terrible defensively um, so yeah Troy Brown and in the, in the Holidays in terms of forwards and cash games. Yeah, you good with a Joker and bead lineup? Yeah, absolutely. And I love, I love going multiple centers on DraftKings where you can do that um, because that's the, it's a lineup configuration people aren't always thinking of. Yeah, um,
1: Dejounte Murray and Brogdon thoughts. I think you said you're looking more for news on Brogdon, how many minutes he's going to have. But you, if he's going to be unleashed, then you absolutely love him. If not, then you're still
2: probably going to play him a bit. Yeah, uh, we'll see. I mean, if he's really limited to, like, say, 20 minutes or something, then I'm I'm not going to be interested in him, probably. I'd have to check out the price. But, um, you know, just because in terms of tournaments, how many points can a guy really put up in if he's limited to, say, 20 minutes? But I don't, I don't know that, right? Like, we've got to see if the coach is saying anything or if there's anything out there on Twitter in terms of a minutes limitation. Yeah, uh, thoughts on Tobias Harris? I think we – like, he's in play on FanDuel, but he's – too expensive on DK. Yeah. I think that, yeah, there's like a dramatic price difference. Um, I just don't see the upside being there. I think he's like 8,600 or something on, on DraftKings. Um, Troy Brown jr. Good play. You already said yes
1: to that. Love him. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Clark and bead or
2: Bryant Ingram, DK cash. Let's see. Clark and bead or Bryant Ingram. uh, uh I go
1: Clark and Bead. I mean, I yeah, it. I don't know if you want to use Ingram for cash. Like he's definitely more of a tournament play. He hasn't been playing great recently, so like that. That's for cash. That's really easy. The other one I could easily see for tournaments, but cash. It's absolutely Clark and Ingram. Um, let's see. Do you like Warren and Brogdon and other and GPPs
2: together? That's a good question. I do. I can see that because you know, especially if the Wizards are able to keep it close, uh, then those guys would be seeing. More likely to see full minutes. But again, you really got to check and see if there's any kind of word on Brandon's minutes. Uh, just, uh, you know, that's something you always have to do when a guy misses a game, he's questionable. Okay, he's going to be in a starting lineup. Is he starting expected to play full minutes or is he starting? We're going to give him a 20 minute tune up before we head into the playoffs. But so we're in that, we're in this, it should be April right now, right? Like it should be April in the NBA, which is always crazy with teams you know, signing guys off the street, which they can no longer do in the Orlando restart, but we're down to the last few games of the season, and teams have even less to play for with home court advantage not being a thing in the playoffs this year. So, yeah, you've got to see what the team's motivations are, and you got to see, like, our guys going to be playing full minutes? Uh, someone just said Jamal Murray got ruled out. I don't see anything. 1st um, possible with I think he was unlikely to play. I mean, I think he was questionable, but it, it didn't seem... There was like a yeah. couple, couple quotes out there that, like, yeah, without Murray the next few games or something, where it seemed like he was unlikely to play. Yeah, uh, Triple J and Clark together in the same lineup? <sighs> That's a good question. I have... It's, it's. I think they're probably negatively correlated, so I, I'd, I'd have to look it up, but I think they're probably negatively correlated... Um, the issue is that point. That game is so high scoring, but I feel like they, they sub in for each other. Yeah, and I mean, I, I, I think Clark and or Triple H, either one
1: can play some minutes of the five.
2: Yeah, um, I'd avoid it, but it's not like it's the kind of thing where you avoid it, and then suddenly there's like, you know, two hundred and fifty points scored in the game, and you're you know the Clark Triple J lineup <laughs> rises to the top. So it's that's a tough one. Yeah, um, last
1: question, then we gotta get out of here. Favorite value pick under four K. I'm probably going with Redick.
2: Let's see, um Favorite value play under four K DraftKings. Uh probably Justin Holliday. Um, you know, because we know he's gonna be getting the starts. And even though Brogdon's in, we gotta keep remembering that Odepot's not in. And I think yeah. that probably helps Justin Holiday a little bit more. He's a little bit cheaper, and again, the matchup's really good for Indiana. Yeah. All right, guys, it's been fun. Thanks for tuning in. We got Meansy and Roth coming up next with
1: Time. If you have premium, you get to watch it. If not, you should probably change that. But it's been fun, John. Haven't seen you in a while. Good hanging yeah. out. See you, me. kids. Enjoy your day. See you, kids.